Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. God is good all the time. Welcome to Holy Cross Lake Mary, and Merry Christmas! I remember the great story told to me by the Hoyer kids uh, many Christmases ago where, um, you know, Pastor Paul would be doing this service, and the rule was, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, that you didn't get to really unwrap anything until after the Christmas Day service. Is that right? Right. And so a lot of times, uh, if not that this ever happened, but if Pastor Paul went long, Jacob would be doing this to his watch in the back row, wrap it up. So uh, I promise you, if uh, I heard the Williamson kids have already opened most of their presents, so Finn's like, take as much time as you need. But anywho, this is uh, a service of of carols and readings, Uh, not much uh, in terms of a, a sermon, but Christmas is simple, this service is simple. And we thank you for coming. Everybody online, welcome. Merry Christmas. And we had the heat running since about 7 a.m. I'm sorry. I don't know. But last night, speaking of not having heat, uh, last night we did have an amazing Christmas Eve service outside. We thought about, uh, you know, we should have our outside service again, right? Three months ago, we we got the stage, we got uh, the lights and everything, and then we found out this week that it was going to be like 35 degrees outside. And people said, are you maniacs still going to do this outside? And we said, yes. And there's this great picture where I'm preaching and Charles is behind me and he looks like an Eskimo with the hood over and with gloves on. And <laughs> But 250 people decided to join us last night outside, so I think... We're going to continue that tradition, uh, and the cutoff point will be 35 degrees next year, Charles, so don't quit. All right. Um, welcome, everybody. If uh, I know we have some visitors here today. This is not our typical um, weekend services that we usually have, but this uh, we are going to go through, sing hymns that you are so familiar with, and then we're going to do some readings as well. So with that being said, uh, let me start with an opening prayer. And then we're going to hand it over to Charles. He's just taken off his gloves. And we are going to sing some songs. Uh, Lord God, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to gather together to remember that amazing day where, Lord, you knew all along the plan was to send your son to walk a perfect walk. So that, Lord, we would be saved. And it's not because of anything that we've done, but all because of what you've done. And so we thank you for the miracle of Christmas delivered through Mary with us today, Jesus. We thank you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We're now going to light the Christmas candle. Not with that. Oh, there we go. This thing right here. And with that, we'll continue with our scripture reading from Isaiah 7, verses 14 through 16. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. Our next scripture reading is from Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace.
Our next scripture reading is from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 5. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you. And his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. And now the traditional Christmas reading from Luke 2, uh, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them.
and we continue with the Luke 2 reading. Verse 8, And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good, joy, uh, good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that had happened, which the Lord had told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it was, were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is one of probably one of my favorite verses in the entire book. Uh, uh, and, and because you think about it this way, the shepherds doing the same thing that they always did every night out in the field. And I just imagine like being back in the Midwest when, you know, there's no lights and you look up in the stars and you can see, it feels like you can see the entire universe, you know, when you're in a rural area and and that the God of all creation that spoke this place into existence, he could have sent his son Jesus to anyone. And shepherds by no means were at the top of the food chain. They were just common guys out there making sure that these sheep don't run away. Just in a repetitive thing every night, every night, doing the exact same thing. And then all of a sudden, boom, the angel appears. It's so cool. And speaking of that, we have traditions, don't we, at Christmas? We have traditions. One of our family's traditions is <laughs> anytime the Christmas story movie is on, we stop and we watch it. And we do. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Just tell me. Finn, what's your favorite Christmas movie? What, Home Alone? Yeah, that's good. That's good. In fact, we had a heated debate in the Johnson house. What was better, Elf or The Christmas Story? It was Christmas Story. What, what's your favorite Christmas movie, buddy? Yeah, good answer. You win a candy cane. Um, so how many people here, be honest, I won't make fun of you. I might make fun of you. How many people here have seen a Hallmark Christmas movie? Anybody has watched a Hallmark Christmas? Okay, good. So you're going to get this. And if you go home today and between the prime rib and the ham and the turkey, all those things, you decide that you're going to binge watch some Hallmark Christmas movies, I want to save you some time, all right? I want to save you some time because here's the thing. Uh, they're all familiar. Big-time business person strolls into Little Antique downtown, eats a caramel apple, usually, uh, chooses the little city life over the big city, and at the same time, yes, you guessed it, falls in love. Things seem to be going quite well, but then... With about 24 to 26 minutes to go, 
there's some conflict. And with six to seven minutes left in the entire movie, the conflict is magically resolved. And they live happily ever after. I've saved you a lot of time today. You can talk to your friends and talk to your family. You don't have to watch that movie. I want to include one other thing. I saw this this week. And this cracked me up to the point where I was in tears. I hope you think it's the same. There's this guy who's a computer genius. And you've heard of AI and all that stuff. This computer IT guy forced his computer to watch a 1,000 hours of Hallmark Christmas movies. And then asked the computer, after watching a 1,000 hours of Hallmark Christmas movies, to write the first three paragraphs of a Christmas movie summing up all thousand hours. So I want to read the first two paragraphs to you right now. The movie titled by the computer is The Christmas on Christmas. We start with an interior of a small town snow globe refillery. We see a single mother refilling snow globes with Christmas juice. She is widow. Her husband died in every war. Now we go to single mother. I refill globes better than claws. Yet still, my twins are dad-free. Why? They need double dads. This is the computer. Businessman enters the shop. He wears clothes that cost money. His, I love this next line. His hands are briefcases. And this is what my family's been saying for the last week. He's Hallmark hot. <laughs> Single mother, hi, do your snow globes lack wet? Hurry, Christmas attacks soon. I guess that's the conflict. Uh, businessman, businessman, oh, I'm almost done. Businessman has flashback to when he was business boy. A Christmas tree explodes, his family on purpose. He now hates trees, Christmas, and explosions. He exits the flashback, and here's the final one. Businessman says... Be quiet, your sound. I am from huge city. I bought your land and am turning it into an oil resort, uh, resort and scene. I think that is just fantastic. I, not a very traditional reading on Christmas reading, but uh, here we go. All right, Charles, let's keep it going.
Our next reading comes from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard, they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Last night, I brought all the kids up, and I told them the story about the candy cane. And I asked him, uh, (laughs) this is so funny, I was talking about this with my wife last night. I said, does anybody know when the candy cane was created? And one kid rose his his hand, and he goes, uh, he was so confident. He goes, oh, I know this one. I said, really? He he goes, yeah, 1984. And I thought that was so funny. Um, And so back in 1630, uh, a worship director at a church, you might have heard this uh, if you were here last night, uh, actually, his good friend was, um, according to history.com, uh, his good friend was a candy maker, and he wanted to produce some kind of candy so that kids would be quiet during church uh, because they were talking during the singing parts. And so he said, hey, listen, uh, if you make this, uh, can you make it white? I want an object lesson for the kids, too. So make it white to represent, like, Jesus is sin-free and he is the light, and then make it red to represent the blood of Jesus then, and remind, so I can remind them that we're saved by the blood of Jesus and then make it into a hook, like a shepherd's hook, so I can tell the story about Jesus appearing uh, to, the, to the, or the, that um, the shepherds were one of the first ones to hear about Jesus. I just think that's a super cool story and I just want to break up the misnomer that it was invented in 1984, okay? So, all right. Um, we are going to take an opportunity right now to give back what God has first given us. And so we'll collect our offerings. Thank you.
All right, as this service, we are going to be doing communion in just a moment. But before we do communion, I ask you to stand. And uh, let's remember, uh, well, let, well, first we're going to confess uh, our, our sins this, this day. When the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. We confess our unrighteousness. We plead for mercy. Yeah. Comfort, comfort my people, says the word, the voice of your God. Speak with tenderness to Jerusalem and tell her that her struggle is ended and her sin has been pardoned. In the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks... He broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. And we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
this true body and this true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith and the life everlasting. Amen. Today, O Lord, we rejoice in your begotten Son, Jesus. We sing in awe of your birth. Today, O Lord, we praise you for saving us from sin. You are the Messiah, our Savior. Today, O Lord, we laud your healing power and believe you have authority over all created things. Today, O oh Lord, paradise comes to us. You gave us heaven, and we bless you. Amen. Let's pray. Wondrous God, on this birthday of your son, when we rehearse the Christmas stories we love so much, we confess with embarrassment that if we had been around at that first Christmas, we might have missed it all. Some of us would have been too busy cleaning the house to notice anything outside. Others would have been so engrossed in buying and selling, so engulfed in the hubbub of the marketplace that we would not have noticed even the setting sun, let alone an odd little star that had no business being where it was. Even now, Father, we seldom pay attention to the signs and signals from you, missing those messages of hope, comfort, and love. Help us to be more attentive, O oh God, to your presence and a guiding star in the angel's song in the small body of a newborn son, but also in the face of a lonely old woman or the sprawling shape of a homeless man. We pray in the name of the holy child who grew up to care and would have us care. Amen. You know, I, just to wrap up uh, the little sermonette, I knock the hallmark movies, but our favorite familiar movies end the same each year. They don't change. Buddy the Elf is reconciled with his father that abandoned him. The Grinch's heart grows three times as large. 
In every Home Alone movie, Kevin gets left home alone but outsmarts the bad guys and the family arrives just before Christmas. You think after the first time they might have called DCF. But anyway, um, Ralphie gets the Red Rider. Scrooge magically becomes this generous, nice, kind-hearted human being. And Clark Griswold, the great Clark Griswold, gets his bonus check just in time, thanks to a little help from Cousin Eddie. The point is, before you think, uh, I'm just mocking these, these movies, I love Christmas. I, I love getting presents. I love giving presents. Perhaps I should rotate that, but here's the point. I'm, the joy of giving and receiving, I love the family time, the party, the dinners, the traditions that come with it. And here's my plea for each and every one of you, just like that prayer that I just read, that you don't miss the shining star in the midst of all the shadows. And there's a lot of shadows. But that we this Christmas morning don't miss the shining star in the midst of all the shadows. And what I mean by shadows are all the traditions that have something in them. There's something beautiful, and that's why shadows work. The reason why they captivate the believer, the secular, the atheist, the Buddhist, is because it's a touching piece of us which is beautiful. There's a lot of hope in the movies that we watch. Reconciliation in a lot of the movies. It feels right to see the light in the darkness. It brings joy. Presence and generosity stir inside of us. Good emotions. But the point is, don't miss the shining star in the midst of all the shadows of life. Our next scripture reading is from Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp. With the harp and the sound of singing, and with the trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteous, in righteousness and the people with equity. And we conclude with joy to the world.
Now go in peace and serve the Lord. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.